Welcome to Walking with Freya, a journey through special needs parenting. This podcast is a place for parents and caregivers of children with special needs to share stories, the very real struggles and challenges we face, along with the inevitable love and joy these children have brought into our lives. This is a place for unapologetic honesty, well-intentioned laughter, and endless support. A safe place for us to learn, share, discuss, and help each other navigate this often unexpected journey. Be kind, be supportive, and when you can, keep the humor. My name is Annie, and welcome to Walking with Freya. The following is an excerpt about siblings from Zadie Smith's novel, On Beauty. People talk about the happy quiet that can exist between two loves, but this, too, was great. Sitting between his sister and his brother, saying nothing, eating. Before the world existed, before it was populated, and before there were wars and jobs and colleges and movies and clothes and opinions and foreign travel, before all of these things, there had been only one person, Zora and only one place, a tent in the living room made from chairs and bedsheets. After a few years, Levi arrived. Space was made for him. It was as if he had always been. Looking at them both now, Jerome found himself in their finger joints and neat conch ears, in their long legs and wild curls. He heard himself in their partial lisps caused by puffy tongues vibrating against slightly noticeable buck teeth. He did not consider if or how or why he loved them. They were just love. They were the first evidence he ever had of love, and they would be the last confirmation of love when everything else fell away. Zadie Smith Welcome back to Walking with Freya. This episode is about siblings. I had the pleasure of interviewing a sibling of an adult with Prader-Willi syndrome. The issue is kind of a big one for me for a variety of reasons. One uh, is that I have three children, and so that is something that will be coming up. And the other is that for whatever reason, I'm just now tuning in to what my other children may be feeling or experiencing on this journey. So far, so much of this has been about not just my processing, but mostly about, you know, Freya and what does she need and what are her needs and how can we assist her. And so now I'm realizing that I need to to know and to understand a lot more about this issue so that I can help my other children with their with any struggles they may have. I am guilty of having used the you're the lucky one explanation with my oldest child. I remember it was about a year ago and there was some chaos happening and there was a puzzle that needed cleaned up and Freya wanted to clean it up by herself and somebody else wanted to help her but Freya wouldn't let them and my daughter was getting frustrated with that and and getting frustrated with me that I wasn't making Freya let somebody else help her clean up. I don't remember. It was, a, <laughs> it was something along those lines. And it was just, it was, it was frustrating. And at one point I said, Haven, you 
have your whole life ahead of you and you're going to do whatever you want. All Freya wants to do is clean up this puzzle. Just let her clean up this puzzle. It was one of those moments that I just really wanted my daughter to understand the balance that I was trying to create in life. It was one of those moments where I just was trying to get across to my daughter about, um, you know, equality and balance and advantages and disadvantages and just wanting her to see that sometimes we can let things go because they're really not that big of a deal in the grand scheme of things, at least to us. And maybe they are to somebody else. And sometimes you can know that moment and know that that person has perhaps more struggles. And so you can back off. I'm not sure if I'm explaining it well, but that was a message I was trying to get across. And, you know, she was 12 at the time. Anyway, it was another a stellar parenting moment on my part. And anyway, so I am inspired to learn more about this sibling relationship and how I can facilitate a kinder, gentler, more positive interactions. So because this, this issue is important to me, I was excited to speak with Courtney who is a sibling to Max. Um, but before getting into the interview, I thought that I would share part of an article that I found, and this is about supporting siblings of children with special needs. I think so many of us are in this position where we have multiple children, and we're, we're wondering how do, we, how do we do right by all of them? And I know a number of siblings uh, that are adults now that grew up with a sibling that had special needs, and you know, they all kind of have this universal feeling uh, from that time of not getting enough attention. And that's something that you can understand as an adult, you know, like I was trying to say about this, this equality and this balance. And, you know, some people need more in some ways. And when, you know, when we're adults, we can understand that a lot better. But when we're children, all we kind of see is that our sibling is getting more than we are and not necessarily understanding why. So this article, it comes from childmind.org, and the title is Five Ways to Support Siblings and Special Needs Families, and it was written by Allison Kruger. So number one is talk openly about the situation. So explain, explain things to the sibling, answer any questions they have, listen to their concerns, and reassure them that you love them. Number two is spread the support around. Give the sibling the same level of positive reinforcement. It may not be in the same situation or in the same moment. It shouldn't be um, or for the same reasons. But be sure that you are, you know, we're so we're so aware of reinforcing uh, and encouraging our children that have to work a little harder to meet their milestones and do the things that they do that we tend to, I think it's, or I know I do, um, and I think many other people do, it's easy to kind of overlook what our other children are doing and the milestones that they're reaching and the successes that they have. So it's a good reminder to, to, they need encouragement too. They need that positive reinforcement. 
Number three is set aside time for each child, like one-on-one. Give them their own special, special time. I have a friend who loves to talk about how she she tells each of her children that they are her favorite. <laughs> she has four, and she's always telling them each one, you're my favorite. And, you know, they I, I think they know that she says that to all of them, but I think it's a sweet little moment that they have. Uh, the suggestion in the article is something you can do is set aside at least 10 minutes every day of uninterrupted time with each child before they go to bed, whether that's reading, coloring, puzzling, any of that. Number four, try to treat all the children the same. They didn't really expand on this one too much, and I would say that this one is probably the hardest because they all have they have their own personalities. They they want to be treated different ways, I think. You know, I try and snuggle and cuddle my 13-year-old and she gets annoyed, but my 5-year-old wants to be snuggled and cuddled and um, you know, so that one I think needs more explanation, more clarification. That one that one I want to think on some more. And number 5 is to look at the positives. And they point out that growing up with a sibling with special needs teaches valuable skills and empathy. And it gives these kids a level of compassion and tolerance that makes them really great friends and sets them up for being compassionate, helpful, loving people in the world. And that tends to draw goodness and people to you. So uh, there are many advantages to this. And I love this last one. I love that I can follow up this last one with this conversation with Courtney, because she is a woman who says that her brother has been such an inspiration to her. She is an older sister to Max, who they, I believe she said they're about a year and a half apart. Now, as an adult, Courtney has moved into this role of She's taken on the the occupation of being a counselor, and she deals with trauma and eating disorders specifically, which I thought was interesting. In our in our time together, she spoke about growing up with a brother with special needs, how it was just a part of her life. You know, there wasn't this big defining moment of, oh, my brother is this or that, and it was just he was just always her brother, and how you have to you, you learn to adapt to certain things. She does talk about, share a little story about the moment that she became his champion. And then she also talks a bit about their relationship as adults. And like I said, talks about how he has been an inspiration to her in her life. So it's not a long interview. She was, she was very, I caught her at the end of work, just as she had gotten off work. And uh, she was very articulate and, and very clear and precise and, you know, there's a, there's a lot of really sweetness about how she feels about her brother. So I hope that you enjoy this interview and I hope that Prada Willie Awareness Month has been treating you well and you're getting the word out or you're learning some more things. So again, here is Courtney talking about being an older sibling to a brother with PWS. Thanks for being here. All right. Well, hi, Courtney. Um, hi. So we are here uh, to talk about your brother, Max, 
who has Prader-Willi syndrome, which is the same syndrome that my daughter has. Oh, okay. And yeah. So, uh, yeah, I would just like to talk about um, kind of what it's like to to be a sibling of of someone with this, specifically with this disorder, but also kind of, uh, you know, this podcast is for, it covers a broad, it covers all the, the areas of special needs, not just Potter-Willi syndrome, although because that is what my daughter has, that tends to be, you know, what, I mean, that's what I know about. Right, right. So uh, how old is Max? Um, Max is 23. He'll be 24 in June. Okay. Are you younger or older? I'm older. Um, we're a year and a half apart, so I'm 25. Okay. Wow. Yeah, that's not that's not much of a difference. Yeah. Nice. So what was it like growing up? I mean, do you remember, I guess my first question is, do you remember ever having a specific moment where you realized that perhaps uh, your brother was not necessarily like other people's brothers or um, was it just always kind of part of the normal life that you guys lived? Yeah, I feel like it was just kind of life. Um, I don't think that I ever really knew anything different. Um, and still, that's kind of how I feel like, you know, he, you know, he's just my brother and whatever kind of differences come along, that's just kind of how life has always been, I guess. So as a kid, I always knew something was different, but not, you know, I don't know. Not like, oh, my brother's not normal. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's just how life is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Did your parents ever have sit-down talks with you about it? Was there ever any kind of formal discussion about his needs or how um needed to interact with them or? Okay. Um. So how old is your daughter? So my daughter is six and she okay. has, um, I have two other daughters. One is 13 and the other is a year and a half younger than her. So she's five. Okay, so things have changed a lot in the world of Prader-Willi syndrome, and uh-huh. research has really come a super long way, but we didn't actually know that Max had Prader-Willi until, um, I believe he was diagnosed when he was nine years old. Okay. So, yeah, so there wasn't really, there wasn't really any research to even know how to handle it, or what's going on, or how, you know, there was nobody to reach out to or talk to or anything, so my parents were just kind of, you know, taking it as it came, basically. And we all kind of were. And now, now things are so different with families that I see that have younger children and, you know, there's so much more available to them, but, but no, I don't think any of us really knew what we were doing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, I think that's a common story. Um, yeah. That's what I'm realizing is that now they're just, they're learning so much so quickly. And so even right. I imagine even babies born now um, have, there's more knowledge and more possible therapies. I and mean, we, we had to really fight to get her on growth hormone. Really? Uh, uh-huh. And that was just six years ago, but I imagine yeah. Yeah. it's even easier now. Yeah. So, when I hear that now they're, you know, diagnosing babies and stuff like that, like as soon as they're born, I, you know, that's just crazy. It's awesome. that the research has come so far. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Okay. So he was nine. Do you, did things shift then when he got a diagnosis? that you remember? I mean, you're only 10, but. Right. Um, so I do remember a lot of like my life growing up with Max. Um, I have a pretty good memory, I guess. So I do remember a lot of like what it was like to to grow up with him, but, um, but no, I, I wouldn't, I mean, I guess I don't remember things like necessarily shifting. 
I guess it was cool because then, you know, they could get him on growth hormone and know, you know, about food and things like that to know what direction to take his like treatment and stuff. Uh Um, But things were pretty out of control with him at that point. Um, He actually had to, so we, well, we were, I guess we were all born in Maryland, but when we were four, um, my parents separated and we all moved to South Carolina, but my dad stayed in Maryland and um, Max's behavior just got so out of control. And when he was nine, and I guess, I don't know if it was before diagnosis or after diagnosis, um, but he ended up having to move in with my dad in Maryland because things were just so bad down here. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So I don't know if the diagnosis changed anything, but it was already pretty hard for us. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, yeah, even now I know a lot of, uh, like some of the behavior issues that happen can really affect siblings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So what were some of those biggest challenges that you remember being his sibling? Well, things, things have changed a lot because, you know, he is older. And so his like diet or his disorder, I guess, has, has progressed significantly and things have kind of changed along the way. Um, and we both, you know, matured as well. But um, when we were younger, I remember it really affected me because his behavior was so out of control and, and we didn't really know what was going on with him and stuff like that. So it was like, I felt like a lot of attention was on him Mm -hmm. as his older sister, you know, like I felt like I didn't really get the time dedicated to me sort of thing because Max needed so much of it. And I can remember being like resentful towards him when Mm -hmm. we were younger. And then as I've gotten older, I've realized that he needed that attention and you know, that it's good that he had it and and things like that. And I became a better person because of it. But yeah, I remember it, it definitely being harder when we were younger than it is now. Yeah, because you didn't have the uh, adult mind to be able to to logically understand it. Right, I mean, I right. Can... And it, it did change when I was young. Um, I think that I was, you know, probably nine or 10 also when I kind of came to the realization that like, you know, that it's okay, like that he can have the attention and, you know, I'm going to stand up for him, you know, no matter what. Mm-hmm. How was that uh, like in school with peers, being out in public? Um, you said, you know, you just mentioned standing up for him. Like, was there ever really a time that you did have to really stand up for him? Yeah. So I, um, I'm really glad that we got to this because I, I did something I definitely wanted to share and, and haven't shared a lot. I don't even know if my parents know that this happened, but, um, so like I said, I was always kind of resentful towards him and, you know, I wasn't like the nicest person to him and things like that when we were younger, but, um, I did gymnastics when I, you know, was younger, I guess. And, um, he, we had this thing called fun gym and we would go to it on the weekends and it would just be at the gym and it's like, everybody could do whatever they wanted to do. And he came with me once. And I remember like, I was with a friend of mine and, you know, Max was somewhere and the girl was like, I hate even saying it, but she she was like, ah, sorry. I hate to say it. She was like, um, that retarded kid from special ed is here. And mm. I didn't even know what she was talking about. Like I turned around and I was like, who? Like, I, you know, cause I don't think <laughs> of him that way, you know? Right. Cause it's just your brother. Like, yeah. And she was like right there and she like pointed at him and I was like, uh, yeah, like <laughs> that's my brother. Hold on. You know? And so like, I don't think I ever talked to her again, but that was when things really like changed for me. Like I was like, okay. <laughs> you know, like the world is going to treat him different and that's not okay. And 
yeah, so after that, I became very, like, he got bullied and things like that, but I would always definitely stand up for him after that and, you know, mm-hmm. not stand for that anymore. Yeah. Oh, nice. Well, he's lucky to have you. Yeah. Oh, God, that's good. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's got to be hard. I, I think about that with my daughters sometimes and just yeah. hope that they, I mean, the 13-year-old, of course, does, but the I think that the five-year-old also perhaps has some feelings of not getting as much attention, mm-hmm. things like that. So yeah, it's not, it's not easy for little kids to necessarily understand these, these bigger issues. How did it, did it affect your friendships at all? Um, you know, I want to say no, I really, I really don't think that, I really don't think it did. Um, I mean, he would, he would like be annoying with my friends, you know, but that's, you know, I feel like a lot of the time I just felt like he was, you know, what a normal sibling relationship is, you know what I mean? Uh But no, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't like people didn't want to be friends with me or, you know, Uh like that in my life anyway, (laughs) that was going to be a problem, you know? Yeah. Okay. Like that one girl. So. Yeah. (laughs) What would you say have been the biggest advantages to having been raise and have a brother um so I feel like I see I see people differently and I see the world differently and I realize that the people are different you know and that and that that's okay and that just because just because someone's overweight or just because they've got a disorder just because they look different doesn't mean you know that it's that they're not an okay person or that there's something wrong with them or you know whatever and I feel like I got to learn that at such a young age that it shaped like who I became. Uh-huh. Um, and that I, you know, I can just be an advocate for people and, and give a voice to people who don't have one. And yeah, feelings definitely changed me a lot. Uh-huh. Have you ever met other siblings of, of kids with special needs or, or with Prader Willi syndrome? That uh, you, you know what? I haven't actually. <laughs> that's, that's so funny. Yeah. You definitely think that I would. I've met a lot of um, kids who have Prader Willi syndrome uh-huh. But no, I've never really gotten together with, with any siblings. Maybe I should organize that. Um, I have had people reach out to me before and just kind of on Facebook and things and be like, hey, you know, I'm really struggling. How did you deal with this? Or parents who were like, you guys have such a great relationship. How did you get to be that way? But no, I've never actually met anybody in person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just wonder because they have uh, some sibling support groups now. And I mentioned it to my 13 year old after we kind of went through this period where she was kind of struggling with thinking that I was letting Freya off easy when I should have been a little harder with my discipline. But, um, you know, so just trying to explain, explain it to her about, you know, the difference. And so I suggested, you know, asked if she wanted me to find her a sibling support group. And she kind of looked at me like I was nuts. Like, why Mm -hmm. would I need that? You know? So I think, I think there is, that is such um, maybe an important point that when you are in the family and you're the sibling, it's just, it's how life is. Like it's not, you're, you don't have another perspective. So you're not trying to get to this other kind of quote unquote, more normal life. Like the life that you're living is the normal life that you're living. So. Yeah, that, that is true. Um, but yeah, I might actually try to organize one of those. <laughs> I could leave that. I feel like I mean, I feel like the Prader Willi syndrome population around, like, because I'm still in South Carolina, Myrtle Beach, and I feel like we don't really have that much of a population here. Uh-huh. Um, I know that 
you know, where my dad is in Maryland, they have like a big chapter and they always are having walks and things like that and getting together. But I don't, I haven't really been able to find that community here, mm-hmm. but maybe even some kind of, I don't know, but yeah, I'll, I'll definitely look into it. Yeah. That'd be great to have, especially to have such a positive outlook about it. I think it'd be yeah. really helpful for, yeah. for a lot of people. So what is your relationship with your brother now? Um, it's great. My Max is my hero. He's my whole life. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's great. We talk all the time. I mean, he's still in Maryland and I'm here, but Uh you know, we talk on the phone probably like two or three times a week and, um, and they come down and visit and stuff. And, and yeah, our relationship is great now. We still fight like siblings, but you know, (laughs) I love him to death. Yeah. How is it when he, when you guys are together, is there, um, does it kind of do you have kind of your I I just imagine like if they come to visit you you have to kind of reorient yourself to the world oh yeah yeah definitely um yeah so we have like you know I have we have kind of like a pantry with a door on it and so you know we we had to our garage door used to have a locking like doorknob and so we actually switched out the doorknob for the pantry just for when Max comes, like knowing that we were going to have to prepare for that. So yeah, I mean, we lock up the pantry and definitely hide all of our like other things that stay out like snacks and stuff. Um, I usually have to go to the grocery store if I know they're coming and, you know, buy some <laughs> healthy foods or whatever. So there's definitely some preparation that goes into it. Um, but he's, he's pretty good now about, you know, he's learned like what his boundaries are and things like that. So uh-huh. But he still sneaks, of course, you know, they're, they're always going to, but, but he's, he's pretty good about it. Yeah. And he's honest about it and he's, he's not a good liar. So it's very <laughs> obvious if, you know, if he's taking something <laughs> and he's honest about it. So. Yeah. So do you, do you have conversations with him? Do you have a connection on, on like what kind of emotional and intellectual co- connection do you have? Um, as far as like what he's capable of, is that what you yeah. mean? Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. I feel like Max is very intelligent. We, I don't know. We, uh, you know, cause, okay. So I feel like it's, it's normal. Right. So I don't know like what's different, but we can talk about anything. Like, you know, he talks to me about relationships and he, you know, if I'm having like a problem, I can talk to him about it and he doesn't always like, I don't know. We just, we can talk about normal things. He's very intelligent. Uh he loves to draw he's always talking about that yeah so I don't know we can have normal conversations one thing with him though is well and maybe Prater Willie in general um is he he's very like stuck on things so if you start a conversation it's like you're going to be in the conversation for 45 minutes Uh and there's no telling him any different than what he believes like if he believes that that's the end of it how is it your husband meeting meeting your brother how is that did you have to kind of uh prepare him for it or was it just like hey this is my brother and well okay me and my husband have been together for like eight years so at this point oh, okay. um, he yeah we like we were like high school sweethearts or whatever so I, I feel like it was always kind of just like understood I'm sure that we talked about it but that was like eight years ago so I yeah don't really remember. <laughs> like you know but his my husband's family loves Max like Oh my gosh, they're always like, when is Max coming? Make sure he comes over. We'll like cook a special meal for him. Like, Aww. yeah. So like my husband's side of the family lo- adores him. So, so that's awesome. Yeah. Very sweet. Are there any expectations that you put on yourself or that you think are put on you for caring for Max? 
um, if, after your parents are gone? Uh, yeah, actually. Um, and not that it's unwanted, you know, expectations or something that I feel like is forced on me or whatever, but, um, but yeah, so, you know, my parents are separated or whatever. And, um, my dad has custody of Max now, or I don't know if you still call it custody cause he's 24, but you know, but yeah, so I am, I will be his next caregiver should anything happen to my dad. Uh-huh. Um, which when I think about it, it's, you know, scares the crap out of me because I can't even imagine taking on what my dad takes on, but I, w- you know, I would do it. I would absolutely do it and find a way just like he does. Yeah. Do you have any advice for siblings or parents on how to talk to their children? Because now, like you said, now, we, well, cause I come up against this sometimes, right? Because my, we've known since Freya was three and a half months. Mm-hmm. And so we know the things that are going to be required, or restricted and all of that. And, and we do just kind of go about our normal life. Like, I mean, cause that's what it is. This is our life. But sometimes mm-hmm. I wonder like how much I need to be having the conversation with my, with my other daughters or even with Freya. Sometimes I wonder, even just when I was coming upstairs, I said, I was going to go do, do an interview. And she said, with who? And I said, with a woman whose brother has Prader-Willi syndrome. And I was just kind of waiting for that moment of, because mm-hmm. sometimes I wonder, does she, does she even know? I mean, we talk yeah, about right. it openly in front of her, but, and you yeah. know, she goes through her therapies. And so I just, I don't know if you have any answer or any words of advice for something like that, but I just wonder oh, how I much. I I was more prepared for this question. Because, um, oh. yeah, I feel like I, I probably do, but I, um, yeah, I guess just being able to educate your your other kids about what to expect in the future would be helpful. Um, and knowing, you know, like, we're going to have to keep the food hidden. And because that was something that, that I had really struggled with growing up. And also there were other kids in our house, like my mom was engaged to this guy and he had other kids. And it was really hard for all of us because like there was locks on our refrigerators and we never had any junk food. And, you know, um, so just to, I guess, prepare your kids for that, like know that that and also knowing that it's only going to get tougher, unfortunately, like, you know, she's six. So, and any, you know, any, anybody that like, it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily get easier. You just, you just learn to deal with it kind of. Right. Um, so I would uh, preface that. Um, but yeah, I guess, I guess just education and that maybe, you know, making sure you spend like individual time with, your other, you know, the other kids, uh-huh. not just you, but you know, anybody, of course, um, to make sure they, they understand that, you know, they get their individual attention too. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, I think that's really important. I actually just started this new therapy with Freya and it's this rhythmic movement and mm-hmm. my youngest daughter keeps asking me to do it with her. And every time I do it with her, so I, I make a point to try and do it with her just mm-hmm. so, you know she feels a part of it but she doesn't like it so she said yeah you know the one day she asked if she could go first and I said no I gotta do Freya first and then afterwards I thought well maybe that was a moment where I could have just taken the time to say yes and try you know just so mm-hmm. you know yeah I think we got to be really aware of things like that especially knowing because you know knowing adults and that have siblings I, you know i've spoken with a few of them and the kind of the general consensus is mm-hmm. well when i was younger i felt like i they got more of the attention i didn't understand why so i can definitely 
Yeah. And I would, I would say that too about, you know, whenever, you know, you said like, well, I have to do Freya first, making sure to explain like why, you know, like what the reason is that she has to go first is because it's a therapy thing or, you know, whatever that way it's not like, Oh, you know, mommy loves her more or, you know, right. Yeah. That's a good point. You know, the older they get, they'll understand like, okay, this is why it has to be this way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a good point. I I could have clarified that with her. That would have been nice. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now you know in the future. Yeah. How have you, because you are very positive about this and I think it's great and I love it. And is there anything you want to say about how you have found your positivity or uh, is there any, has there been anything that has really helped you, helped guide you through this when you have felt kind of frustrated or overwhelmed or? So I actually haven't, like, I haven't felt overwhelmed with this. I guess maybe when I was a child I did, but I don't, I don't remember that time because my, my mindset about it has changed so much. I just look at him as such an inspiration and everything, everything he does inspires me <laughs> literally like everything he has ever been through. And just, just from a point of like learning to read, like just him learning to read to me was like the greatest accomplishment. Like it didn't matter what I had done in my life. That was so great. Like he learned to read when he was 17 and that was, you know, freaking amazing. Uh-huh. Um, so I think just that, just that he's just overall so inspiring to me that it, that anything that happens like isn't, I don't get overwhelmed by it because even if it's like a negative thing that's going on, I know that something positive is going to come from it. Mm-hmm. Um, even, you know, I'm not sure if you've really come in contact with this yet because I think it's something that, that obviously happens in later years. So I don't know the population you usually talk with, but, um, he just went through a psychosis recently. Um, like three years ago when he's been having one about like every year. And so that's been, that's been really overwhelming for all of us, mm-hmm. but just knowing that that positivity is coming from it. And that I also hold on to the fact that so much more research is being done. I feel like through him and through the, the children that are older, you know, like now we know, Oh, psychosis is connected to Prater Willis syndrome. And they might've not known that before. So even though he has to go through it, we have to go through it you know, better things are coming for those that are younger. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I just try to just try to always see the positive and, you know, everything, you know, is going to happen for a reason and we're going to learn something through it and become better people. It's a, it's beautiful that you can have that perspective uh, that, you know, like my, my daughter, we're going to know so much more because, yeah, because of Max. Yeah. Yeah. And, I think that's uh, awesome. Courtney, this is, this is, <laughs> this was really thank easy. You, thank you. Um, I'm actually a counselor now. Um, so that's one way that it's, you know, he's really changed my life is that I, you know, wanted to kind of take this on as a career, but, but yeah, so I'm pretty positive and <laughs> I talk for a living. So nice. what, uh, what kind of counseling do you do? If you, if I can ask, um, I mostly work with children and adolescents and I'm specialized in working with trauma and eating disorders. Oh, wow. Well, (laughs) there you go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, very passionate about food. (laughs) Nice. Well, and now you can think about a sibling support group or speaking. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's another. That's why I was like, oh, I could totally lead that because I'm a counselor already. Well, Courtney, thank you so much. This has been so lovely to talk with you. 